Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're continuing through the book of Luke. And last time we were together, we left off in chapter number 1 in verse 38. And today we're going to pick up in verse 39. The Bible says this in Luke 1, 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And as we examine this text, I want to lift out this thought from the text. Jesus, the eternal source of joy. Jesus, the eternal source of joy. Now we're continuing our walk through the ever-detailed book of Luke. As the historian has laid out for us both the Annunciation of John the Baptist's birth and that of our Lord Jesus Christ, we now find another detail in the narrative, and that is Mary goes to make a visit to her cousin Elizabeth to share the news of her pregnancy. Now We know that children are a gift from God, and we know the excitement and joy of when a woman discovers she is pregnant and desires to tell her family and friends, for it is a cause of celebration. For the gift of life has been given through the miracle of natural birth. Yet in this story, on a much larger and rather supernatural scale, the gift of eternal life has been wrapped up in the gift of human life. The celebration of a coming baby was eclipsed by the celebration of the coming Messiah, of which was one and the same. Although we can be sure, as two women would be, they are rejoicing in that God has given them children, there is something far more profound than that. Their source of joy is found in Jesus. Though he still be in his mother's womb, Jesus is the ultimate source of joy. For to know Jesus is to know life eternal, to know one's sins to be forgiven, and to know heaven is one's home. Let me say it clear and straight. Jesus brings joy. If you're lacking that joy that forgiven sins brings, that peace of mind uh, affords despite any and all circumstances, then I want to show you today that Jesus is the source of joy. He always has been. You will not find lasting joy and peace in any other than in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now the first thing we note in the text in verses 39 through 40 is the journey of Mary to Judah. Now this journey from Mary's home to Elizabeth was not a stroll down the block. Mary lived in Galilee and Elizabeth in Judah. The trip between the two took approximately three days and covered over 80 miles, give or take. Bear in mind this is on foot. For Elizabeth lived in the hill country of Judah around Jerusalem in the south of Israel, and Mary lived in Nazareth in the north of Israel. This journey was long and treacherous. And the term made haste refers to Mary's immediate preparation and departure and not to the idea that she arrived at Elizabeth's house the same day for that would not have been possible. And so we have Mary's journey to Judah. 
Mary was determined to make the journey, for she had already been told of Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy and desired to tell Elizabeth, her cousin, of her own miraculous pregnancy. So she made haste. She didn't waste time with the good news of the coming of the Messiah. There's a small yet applicable lesson in this for believers. Let us make haste to carry the good news of the gospel to the world, whether it be in our own neighborhood or by way of foreign missions or whatever. We must have a sense of urgency about the gospel. Sometimes we are so slothful as if people are not slipping into eternity every day without knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What a tragedy. Let our journeys to carry the good news be made with haste and urgency. Now, not only the journey of Mary, but I want you to note the joy of baby John, or the joy of John the baby. Did you know before he was John the Baptist, he was John the baby? I guess we all were at some point, of course. Isn't that something that the first person to rejoice over the news of the Messiah was a baby in the womb? The very image of God and humanity rejoiced for the news of Jesus before he had breathed his first breath, before he had ever felt the warm embrace of the sun on a beautiful day, before his lips had tasted the sweetness of the honeycomb he would nourish himself with in the wilderness. He found his first and greatest joy in the fact of Jesus Christ. Isn't that marvelous? Now that same joy continued through John's life for some 30 odd years later. John the Baptist would see his cousin, whom he knew to be the promised one of Israel, and proclaim that he must increase and I must decrease. Yes, John rejoiced in the coming of Jesus Christ even as a child. He rejoiced in the presence of the Lord. Now why the cause for such joy? Well, Israel had lay in darkness for hundreds of years. God had not spoken since the prophet Malachi. This was a dark time in Israel's history. It was marked by bloodshed and oppression. Israel had fallen under the thumb of the Roman Empire. She no longer maintained her national sovereignty. The people of Israel were losing their identity as they were being invaded and persuaded by the Hellenistic culture around them. And the religious scene was not any better. For the temple was ran by religious frauds. On the one hand, you had the legalists, that is the Pharisees, who added their own rules and regulations to the law of God in order to uplift themselves and to oppress the people. On the other hand, you had the theological liberals and the Sadducees. They denied miracles, they exist, the existence of angels, the afterlife, and only believed the first five books of the Bible, what we know as the Pentateuch or the books of Moses. And even those they took with a grain of salt. It was a dark time. Yet in the midst of this, God had kept his promises. You may find it interesting to note that John the Baptist, whom is leaping for joy, was part of Malachi's final prophecy. Malachi 4, 5 states, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. We know this was the same message John's parents received earlier in chapter 1 of Luke that John the Baptist would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And so now we have these things coming to a head, as it were, and John is rejoicing for the salvation of Israel had come. The promised Messiah, the king to whose reign there would be no end, the root of David, the line of the tribe of Judah, and the only logical response is joy. You know, do we rejoice in the coming of our Lord? Salvation has come. 
and his name is Jesus. This is cause for celebration. For though our sins be many, his mercy is more. Though we were hell-bound sinners, he offered the olive branch of peace between God and man. Take joy in the presence of Jesus. Even a baby could figure that out. So as Elizabeth proclaimed in verse 44, As soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe in my the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Not only the joy of John the baby and the journey of Mary to Judah, but notice finally the excitement of Elizabeth. The excitement of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She cries out, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me <clears throat> that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Elizabeth acknowledges a fact <clears throat> that we've already noted, that it was the hope of every young Jewish mother and mother-to-be that her son would be the Messiah, the promised deliverer of Israel. Elizabeth knew by the illumination of the Holy Spirit that the child which grew in Mary's womb was to be that very son of promise, God incarnate, the Messiah, the anointed one of Israel. Now, you know, there is another element to her excitement. Notice she sees Jesus for who he is in relation to herself. She knew herself to be a sinner in the presence of the Savior, for she said, why is this granted to me? In other words, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy to be in his presence. She knew Jesus to be Lord before he was ever born. She sees that she is in the presence of the King. There is a joy that comes to the heart of a person when they acknowledge Jesus as Lord and are gloriously saved from sin. For blessed is the man whose sin is covered. What a sweet relief to know the Lord and to know that my sins have been placed on his account and I am forgiven and that Jesus is Lord. Let me show you something more glorious. For now you may have wondered, how could Jesus bring so much joy and that he had not even been born yet? Ah, but he has always been the source of joy, even in the Old Testament. Now you say, Dr. Starnes, you're, you're stretching this a bit. Oh no, allow me to show you. Jesus said in John eight fifty six, Your father Abraham rejoiced, key word, rejoiced, think of joy, to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Abraham looked forward to the day of Jesus and rejoiced, for he too knew that in Jesus all the promises of God would be fulfilled. You say, how is that possible? Well, in the same chapter, Jesus explained in verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus has always been. He didn't come into existence in Mary's womb. He simply chose to manifest himself that way. But he was in the beginning, for he is God. Hence why John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was the source of joy, and now is the source of joy. And so we see that many rejoiced in the presence and the fact of Jesus Christ. Abraham, and in our story, Mary, John the baby, and Elizabeth. Everywhere he went, those who realized who he was and genuinely repented of their sins and, and took him as Lord, they were filled with joy. You know, this life offers many things that offer happiness. 
coming from the root word that means happenstance. Means I'm in a specific circumstance that's temporarily bringing me joy. Well, we think about that, don't we? I mean, for example, I like food. I don't know anybody that doesn't. And I have favorite foods that I enjoy the most. And when I partake of those foods, I'm filled with happiness. But then you get in the car and you leave the restaurant. A couple hours go by and it fades. Why? It's temporary. Everything in this world's temporary. But joy in knowing Jesus is a permanent issue. It is an eternal issue. It is joy unspeakable, full of glory. Jesus is the source of eternal joy. I've never went to Jesus and came back lacking anything I needed. He is Savior. He is Lord. He's God incarnate. And so all the promises of God are fulfilled in Jesus. And for this cause, even a baby leapt for joy in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is the source of eternal joy. Now, given that this narrative is typically told around Christmas time, I thought it appropriate to remind you of this old hymn. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. He certainly did. His name is Jesus. You see, Old Testament or New Testament, or this day in which we live, the source of joy is and always has been a personal relationship in knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus is joy. To know him is to know true, abiding, lasting, eternal joy. Perhaps today you're looking for joy in all the wrong places. You've tried material possessions. You've tried human relationships or maybe even various sinful things. I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, let this story prove to you that joy is found in Jesus. No wonder, no wonder. When John the Apostle was writing about the things of Christ, he made this statement in 1 John 1, 4. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. And so as Mary journeyed to Judah, we saw the joy of John the baby and the excitement of Elizabeth. And all of these things put together in this narrative show us one fundamental truth. This is a one-point sermon, and here's the point. Jesus is the source of eternal joy. To know Jesus is to have joy. And so my prayer to anybody listening to this is that you do, in fact, know Jesus. And as John said, these things we write, or in my case, these things I preach, that your joy may be full.